0: When you come in on Monday and you're not feeling real well, does anyone ever say to you, sounds like someone has a case of the Mondays?
1: What's the worst day of the week that gets us all depressed? M-O-N-D-A-Y-S-U-C-K-S Here comes more aggravation and a brand new week of stress M-O-N-D-A-Y-S-U-C-K-S Monday stress Monday stress Monday stress Will really make you want, and cry, cry, cry Come along and sing this song, now get it off your chest M-O-N-D-A-Y-S-U-C-J-S Hey
0: bubs, this is Cal Dog You're now
1: listening to Geek Vibes Live Presents
0: Monday Suck on a uh, very special episode. Hey guys, how's it going, by the way? I'm Dane Alves, your host of Monday Suck. Uh, Today we have an interview for you, uh, but before we get to that, since our caller still hasn't gotten here, I want to go over some plugs real quick. Uh, If you guys are new to Monday Suck, we come on every Monday, 6 p.m. ESE, usually talk about stuff involving anything from video games to movies to music to politics. Sometimes we get these interviews that this will be the first one of many in which that we can talk about some stuff and, you know, uh, talk to certain people about different, uh, you know, things they're doing within their lives, d- different events. Uh, the interview I'm about to do and conduct is something that's very important to me as as it is a, a situation um, that I think kind of holds dear towards you know, people nowadays. Uh, there's a lot of accusations that fall upon people, sometimes good, sometimes bad, uh, and uh, the ones that are bad can ruin people's reputation. So this is going to be somewhat of an interview talking about a concept like that. uh, Once a person calls in, we will get them on the line. Either way, if you guys want to check us out, it's uh, gvnation.com. That's gvnation, that's as in Geek Vibes Nation, so gvnation.com. There you'll find links to all of our news articles. Uh, with all of our amazing writers like Tia, as well as different formats of how you can listen to our wonderful podcast like you're listening right now of Monday Suck, uh, or Geek Vibes Live maybe, or maybe you like Top 10, or maybe you're a big fan of Full Court Press or Wrestling Geeks Alliance that I do with Christopher Ray Patton on uh, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. EST. Either way, you'll find the SoundCloud option. You'll find the iTunes option. You'll find the Spotify option. Everything will be on there. Uh for you to be able to click on and, and enjoy the content. Uh, we have changed the format, so now you can actually look it up by show. Still under the Geek Guys Nation ban- or banner, but you can actually look up the shows and have all the shows uh, up to date that way as well. And then you'll find links to our Instagram, our Facebook, our Twitter, um, you know, and – our major social media platforms, so you can kind of, you know, join the conversation, guys. We, we really appreciate it if you did that. We put out plenty of content on all the social media platforms. Um, definitely love to talk to you on Facebook about stuff that we talk about on Monday Suck, and or, you know, talking about what's going on uh, with Wrestling Geeks Alliance, or Geek vibes Live. I'm still here talking about movies all the time. Um, not a lot has happened, unfortunately, besides back-to-back um, you know, shootings, but that seems like definitely not something that's going to dissipate, unfortunately, unless we collectively do a lot of things and try to take it out of one way or the other or what's, you know, what, what you're for, left, right, left side or right side or whatever. Go together, try to get some principles together, try to figure out some stuff and worry about lots of other aspects outside of even guns and gun control that definitely need to be looked into. Like mental health and many other things um, it's just a it's a crazy situation in the world that we live in, and uh my obviously uh biggest r i p s if you will rest in peace, uh, my respects go to the family and to the victims of any of these shootings so terrible i'm going to find out, try to message and find out uh what's going on with Andy which. I'm not going to give out too much more information. I've already given out his first name, so you can guys try to guess it. He's pretty known out there in the multimedia world of, of pop culture and uh, when it comes to podcasts and and, and news and, and different types of things like that. So let me just find out from Kenan. Uh, no one has called in yet. Watch Andy be in the waiting room when I turn back to the other screen. Let's see if that happens. Nope. Alright, well we'll have to just keep on talking for a little while longer. Um until Andy gets on. And uh in, until then, huh, let's let's see. Oh, I, I do kinda wanna talk about how excited I am for this new Christ on infinite earth uh mini series. Now I haven't really kept up with the continuity of the flash or arrow, which were my favorite two but anything that's going on with CW in quite some time. Now, I plan on finishing them up once they're done because Arrow's finishing and seems like other ones are. So, apparently, on this Christ on Infinite Earth, which is one of my favorite comic series of all time, especially with DC and coming of multiple Earths and, and this big epic event, uh, the concept itself just sounds completely intriguing, and the fact that they've gotten Brandon and Ralph to play the Kingdom Come Superman and is he going to bring that Christopher Reeves flavor that he did with Superman Returns? That was cool hearing. And then that Burt Ward, who played Robin on Batman, um, the, the 1960s show, might be playing Robin in this, or he's playing something. Uh, and then, of course, you know, um, the biggest news, Kevin Conroy, released today. Kevin Conroy is going to be playing Bruce Wayne. And, yeah, Kevin definitely doesn't physically resemble someone that would probably be Bruce Wayne. But I think they'll do it in a certain way, and it will be really, really cool. And I'm wondering – I kind of said this – could this be possibly um, – could this be a possible time that they're going to kind of usher in maybe a Batman Beyond? Maybe not a, a show per se because you know obviously we have Batwoman, but like maybe this could be the time period in which we see that world and kind of establish it. Because if you give me, yeah, obviously I would rather like something on HBO, big in size and scope, but if you're going to give me anything, and you're going to say screw it, the, uh, the the concept of seeing a little bit of Batman Beyond with this, you know, Kevin Conroy played uh, Bruce Wayne is just extremely, extremely intriguing. And I love Kevin Conroy's Batman. I mean, most of us would say that he's probably the best. You know, especially playing Batman. Hold on one second.
1: Says...
0: All right, well, just uh, te- a couple of technical difficulties, guys. We're just trying to wait on our guest, and uh, once we get him in here, we will start the interview. I'm going back and forth with my um, – multi- with my uh, whatchamacallit. Oh, um, uh, God. Why can't I think of the word? Social media consultant, Kanan. All right, so apparently Andy is calling in, and then we'll get him parted of this interview. Who knows? We might just cut off the first nine minutes just to get straight to the point once you guys hear the live show. So maybe you won't hear all this mumbling by me. Um, Either way – oh, it looks like we have our interview. So hold on one second, guys. Low Geek5 Nation, Dane here, and welcome to my interview with Andy Signor, founder of Screen Junkies and Honest Trailers, also creator of the new multimedia company, Popcorn Planet. Andy, thank you for taking time to join me today. How are you doing, good sir?
1: Yeah.
0: I'm doing great, man. How are you? Doing awesome, man. Just enjoying the weekend. And uh, you know, it's coming to an end. Uh, with sunday which sucks because tomorrow's monday obviously but that's the whole point of this show and you know what i just realized andy i just gave away my show this is gonna be pre-recorded guys this is monday suck didn't even think about it until i was just explaining to (laughs) andy hey you sound like uh, garfield
2: oh mondays
0: yeah 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 that's that's the whole point of this and premise of the show andy but um I really I really appreciate you being on the show. I heard uh about I'm going to say not this last Thursday but the one before that. Um your first video that you did on Popcorn Planet and uh the whole situation itself I kind of wanted to give a little run through and let you kind of open up and um you know talk about it uh, a bit. But um so I want to preface the interview with this. I'm not, you know, I'm definitely not here to condemn or defend you obviously. There were some serious allegations uh, levied against you that should be taken um, you know, very seriously. However, I believe that anybody deserves the right to tell their side of the story. I witnessed a video, like I said, that you recently um, produced showing a lot of evidence and inconsistencies with the original claims. This is why I brought you on to tell your side of the story. Uh, Andy, obviously, I must begin with the uh, sexual assault allegations that were levied against you. You remain quiet about said allegations for some time and have only recently spoken about them, obviously, due to legal reason. Can you give us, like I said, a run through of what exactly happened to you?
2: Yeah, I mean, the the video really does it just as better. I mean, I'm trying not to just overdo it over over and over again. But, yeah, I mean, the the real story is just that I made some – bad personal choices in my life that included infidelities in my marriage. Um, I was flirting with my fan base. I was doing things I'm not proud of and things that upset my fan base. Um, but, but what was wrong was the, the entire charge of me was really led by this one woman who uh, was very, at the time, just really aggressively hitting me as hard as she could, asking others to come forward with anything they could to help back her story because she had no evidence because she wasn't telling the truth. Um, and at the time when all this went down, um, she she leveled not only just, you know, not an harassment claim, but said, you know, attempted to sexually assault her on multiple occasions. Um, and which she's now she deleted later as, as my lawsuit was happening and um, she kept other tweets that sort of allowed it. But the damage had been done. Every media outlet in the world covered it that way. Um, and then a lot of other fans came forward with flirtatious exchanges that they had with me that all just read more maliciously because of sort of this context she set up. Um, and even my own colleagues and people in the film Twitter space all really just bought it because, you know, she was friends with someone I worked with. She had been in the circles and because they were sort of seeing me as a cheat, I think they all just bought everything. And, and the problem of my, and the, I think the story I'm trying to really just put out there is just that, you know, you can't believe everything you read, you know, and I think sometimes sometimes, People do make mistakes, and I I clearly made some, but I was painted to be this just sexual predator monster that was just screaming at his employees and and demanding sex from his coworkers and, um, you know, doing all these horrific, harassing things, and just none of it was true. Um, There really were no examples of that out there except for April, Um, and so it was very clear, important for me to come forward um, when I was legally able to to really drop the texts, the emails, all of these things to really, because I knew no one was going to believe me any other way. Um, And I was hoping she would, you know, retract, um, but she wouldn't, she didn't. And so, you know, once I was given the legal go ahead and spoke to counsel and my family, we all agreed like my, I I couldn't get, I still have trouble, but I couldn't get work. I couldn't do anything just because I was not only labeled a cheater, which is really, you know, my and my family's business, but beyond that, obviously now it's public and I'm going to atone for that. But you know, beyond all that, and sort of me being, you know, having some behavior that was inappropriate with my fans of just flirt- by flirting with them. Beyond that, I was labeled, you know, a sexual assaulter and and a, uh, a, a abuser and all these really harsh terms that didn't, you know, made it so no company ever wanted to associate with me. Really crippling my not just my name but my livelihood and my chance to support my family. So we all knew my my, my family, my 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 team, and my friends of, of which. I knew I had to come forward with this evidence to really attempt to try to tell both sides of the story um, because what happened to me was just really crippling. And I, I've taken the past two years to really grow as a person. Um, you, you have to, when you're, when you're sort of publicly shamed and destroyed like that um, you either become a worse person or you give up or you attempt to learn from your mistakes. And I chose to take the latter path of really trying to learn from my mistakes and rebuild in a better, more positive way. So, I mean, that's the real, summary version of what happened um, and where I, where I stand now.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that. And like he said, if you guys want to go to Popcorn Planet, uh, his YouTube page, he has a video where he gives a lot of evidence and a lot of stuff um, to dealing with the whole entire situation, which, like I said, is the reason why I got inspired to do this interview in the first place. Um, it just... it. it the thing that baffles me uh, is that you are in a – you were at least, I should say, in a space of people, you included, that inspired me and probably a lot of other people to start doing podcasts, you know, between the Screen Junkies family, uh, maybe even uh, uh, the Collider family or whatever, those groups of people, the IGN family, those type of, you know, uh, multimedia people uh, that would work together. And uh, what 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 is just crazy to me is that – none of them had your back within this, you know, I'm sure there was a good amount of them that knew you uh, longer than they knew her. And, you know, this is the biggest thing, obviously, like the other stuff, you've, you've, you've completely said, you know, that it was completely your bad with the infidelity stuff and, and flirting with, with, uh, you know, but that's not sexual assault, obviously that's a big different thing. And, I'm just wondering so no one had your back in LA and is that the reason why you decide to relocate yourself and now live in Florida? Well,
2: I, I and just so I just so I'm clear because I want to be open to talk, but I, I don't want to sit here and just bash my former colleagues. I'm I'm not going to turn into that. I don't want it to turn into a mud muddy You flight. don't have I to do that or You know, can you say whatever at over names. Could, you know, just, just so we're clear, but like, you know, from to answer it more broadly of yes. I mean, I, I feel Look, I mean, part of the reason I left California, one, was just I, I, had to, I couldn't afford to live there. I mean, it crippled me financially, not just me, but my entire family. Like, there was just no way. To, I, the check just cut. There was no income. And I was making a pretty big, good living at the time. And there was just no financial way to sustain a life there, given the fact that I couldn't even secure employment. Um, uh, and so while I tried to do Uber and things, like, it just it wasn't going to maintain a lifestyle in L.A., Especially as I proceeded to do go through a divorce and all the things that I had to do personally, it just wasn't an option. Um, And beyond that, I just I really didn't want to be in that town, just because I, being publicly shamed, just really puts you in a dark space. Whether you did it or not, I just think we're in a the society right now where just it's really dark and draconian how we just want to watch people burn. And it's like exactly. I just can't stomach it now. Of just like I don't care who, what they did, or what they're going through, if I saw somebody going through the amount of fire that I was being burned in, I just, as a human being, I couldn't not reach out personally and be like, hey man, is your family okay, I gotta, you know, take care of myself here, and I, 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 it's gonna be hard to condone what you did, I don't know what's true or not, but I wanted to make sure I at least called and personally just checked in after all that we've done, and you've done for me, you would think something like that would be something you do on a human level, but not a single person in film twitter space did it not a single colleague of mine from that whole space did it because you know i think twofold one i did make mistakes i wasn't always the easiest to work with i think i'm i'm being hard on myself to be honest but i'll, I'll, I'll do it but you know when you're at the top and you're a boss of a, of a big company like that you got to make a lot of bad you know decisions you got to fire people people don't always like what you do they they think they know better than you there's jealousy there's anger there's frustration there's bitterness there's I can do it better than you. And, and a lot of that stuff just, I think, you know, is what Hollywood's about, right? Everyone feels like they, you know, I, I managed to land sort of the dream role of a guy talking about movies on, on cameras and, and making a living out of it. And not only a living, but a whole corp, you know company that I was running. So I think there was just a lot of people were, were okay to knock me down because they thought they could do it better. I think a lot of people just needed to look out for their own brands and themselves, which is what happens in California a lot. Um, you don't want to associate yourself with someone who is toxic or can taint you know your brand in a bad way because, as my situation showed, you know people don't want to talk about it. Even right now, my story is coming forward with new evidence, and no main media outlet wants to talk about it. Collider, all of those people, no one, they're all refusing to talk about it, and they all were yep. so quick to talk about it when it happened, and that's the hypocrisy that I want to start shining lights on even beyond my story, but just in, in general, in the media and everywhere else, I've just, I lost it all. I, I'm rebuilding. I, I get it now. I've got nothing to lose now. I'm living an honest real lifestyle now with people I love who love me, who I'm going to, I'm, I am going to be better, you know, at life and in and, and my personal life, etc. I, like I said, I, I got nothing to lose at this point. I, I love talking content. I feel like I, I was a godfather of <laughs> creating film, you know, film, YouTube. So, you know, to have to rebuild and you go are. back to the masses and uh, to go back to the masses and compete now with all these people I inspired, it's, you know, it could be tough because it's like I, I see now the YouTube algorithms are against me and everyone's reporting on the same stories and it's really not about your subscription levels or your your, your clout. It's really just who YouTube wants to promote. Um, and at that point, it levels the playing field to an unfair degree where, you know, I just, I did a video that I'm posting tomorrow just about, Clickbait, and there's channels with you know 600,000 subscribers who are just lying, saying like Marvel Phase 5 leaked, you know, and Black Panther's 2's villain is this. And you just watch this garbage that people are just doing for SEO and, and clickbait purposes to be first in title of Black Panther 2 and Namor and doing this stuff that they're just getting so desperate and then they're succeeding. And then how do you compete with people who are just lying in the media space? I, I'm going off on a tangent, but you get what I'm saying, like it's, it's, a, it's a, yeah, and yeah, a struggle I, that I'm at, and, and I. I think my advantage now is just, like, I have an experience level. I have a respect for people know I've, I've done it. I hope to create some new formats that people will respect as well. And I just got to keep at it, mm-hmm. like every, Like I would always tell everybody else, and hopefully rebuild to a point where hopefully people find my voice uh, engaging.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, that's, like I said, the main reason is because, you like you said, a lot of outlets are, that might have – completely throwing the book at you beforehand you know they're not trying to say anything about it now and you know my audience or whoever's audience to be able to get your your story out there i think is very important but man going back to what you're saying on our facebook page literally i don't know how many times i tell everyone it's only our site's news information if it comes from screen rants or movie pilot i'm going to mute you for a whole entire month because i can't do that (laughs) Amen. good job brother it's ridiculous, yep. man. I, I just – and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm someone that's in the wrestling uh, news type of thing too. And um, same thing. You get people – I, I got people messaging me like, is this true? And I'm like, just just go and Google it and find out if anyone of, of any type of level of credibility is also putting that on there and then get back to me and then tell me if it's true or not. No, I don't think Henry Cavill's making a Superman 3 with Steven Spielberg. I'm sorry. It's not happening yet. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Anyways, yeah, we've become nice old, a twenty-four-hour nice you know, entertainment news site. Yeah, i uh, sorry, I was just saying we've become a twenty-four-hour
2: entertainment news site where we just we need content, and there's so many people now doing what Screen Junkies was doing, what I was doing there, and now I'm doing it solo, and you're doing it. Every, you know, so many people doing that. We just we're all yep. reacting to morsels and turning them into, you know, uh, filet mignon seeming things in our titles and, and click and uh, thumbnails that, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, and, and it's really about working the system at YouTube. You got to be posting, you know, three times a day, every day at certain lengths. And, you know, sometimes they'll reward you, sometimes they won't. And that's the, that's the work. And you got to do it for two years to show consistency for YouTube to take it seriously. And all that stuff is just crazy. And then how do you pay for your lifestyle to make the time to do it uh, is really stressful. And so I feel like I'm a good, good content creator. And I, I, I hope I'm not pushed out just due to the fact that I can't support myself to create the content I love to make. And I think people enjoy watching. Just because the algorithm on YouTube doesn't want to promote it, it's it's a scary life. And I, I you know I've heard it from the biggest YouTubers I've had conversations with who just feel feel the burn every day. I mean I saw Phil DeFranco ca- talking about how he's still getting demonetized. And boo-hoo to Phil DeFranco, like even if he gets a video demonetized, it doesn't matter. He still has a million <laughs> sponsorship deals and everything else. So I don't really feel his pain. But um you know to all the lesser people who are who get demonetized you know daily, uh, it's really a bummer. How do we how are we supposed to make a living and get promoted when your subscribers aren't even alerted when you post a video <laughs>
0: or or the subs you know somehow they just completely just unattach like you know people just unsubscribe but they don't really do that, and then you have to get everyone to resubscribe it's it's a terrible concept over at youtube for sure uh it's uh I'm sure that since that's you know your main bread and butter that's definitely something uh that you're dealing with constantly because I'm sure you were flooded with a lot of fans. As soon as you, you know, got over this legal stuff. um, And uh, then was able to finally tell your story, but also be able to start making content by yourself Uh, a question about that, you know, kind of going into it. Like, I I don't know. I I don't think that you're able to really answer this. The reason why I'm, I'm asking though, is because of, I think a lot of people in a situation where something like this happens, where the, the sexual, you know, assault situation, uh, a lot of people expect the person then to sue that said person um, to prove their innocence, and maybe that's not, you know, something that that's actually an actual like basically that's that's the best way in a lot of people's minds to prove innocence if you go after the person that went after you originally. I'm not asking you if you're going to do that but is there some merit to people thinking with that thought process or is that not even crossing your mind at all?
2: No, of course there's a merit to that. I mean, at the same time,
0: you got to remember how costly
2: proceedings are, right? Legal proceedings are complicated. They're they're costly. You know, a lawyer to take a case, if they're going to do it on a pro bono level needs to ensure that the party has money to be made from, right? It's like pe- Lawyers aren't charities. They're the opposite of charities. So, you know, yeah. the answer is yes, of course. And I'm looking at all options. But at the same time, you know, is it worth the, the fight and the money? It's easy for someone to say out her Twitter, be like, of course, yeah, burn them. But at the same time, like, our system is not really created for that. And then it's like, you know, it's a tough battle to do. And I just want to move forward. You know, she made a recent statement. She just wants to move forward. I find it ironic. She was very vocal the whole time hammering me, hammering me and saying she would, you know, uh, she would stop speaking until I spoke. Well, then I spoke and, you know, I spoke last August when I, you know, showed my settled, my, uh, my case. And then, you know, she chose to, I'm not even going to acknowledge this. And then I speak again and it drops all the receipts and it's, you know, well, I knew this could come and Oh, well, I believe in my truth. I mean, it's frustrating to say the least that she thinks she can just move on. Um, I don't even care if she wants to apologize to me, but for the sake of my kids, man, like she like tarnished our name. Like she knows what happened. Like she, she knows exactly what happened. She knows everything was consensual. Nothing was ever forced on her. And those chat logs are verified because yep. dude, if I put out chat logs and emails that I weren't true, she could sue the pants off of me. <laughs> so all these people that are just stringing you know, grasping at straws, to just defend her still and say, well, he was a jerk and he still cheated on his wife. Like, what is wrong with these people? Like, she's caught in lies. She's absolutely caught in lies. And that alone should just offer credibility issues. And why aren't we just moving on with her and talking movies and then just saying, don't even discuss him? It's a, it's a it, it shows why I'm out of L.A. And, you know, to, to move in a little bit of a political area, it's like, you know, I, I've had a lot of more conservative and, you know, red – leaning sites and places really support me in all this. And I'm a liberal, you know, I've been a liberal most of my life. And I definitely was, uh, I, I'm not as much now. I'm, I'm definitely sort of finding myself in the middle living here in Florida. But it's just, it's just amazing to me watching the liberal side who just seem to be the most open and forgiving and, every, you know, everyone happy. And they're just so vicious. And they don't realize, like, how that their vicious extremism is just as bad as the extreme right. I don't realize how they're pushing so many people to basically elect Trump again. <laughs> it's what's about to just happen. Um, so just, I, yep. I just see just such a hypocrisy level that just is hard to ignore. Um, and whether I like Trump or not, that's not even the issue. I, I don't want to get into politics to talk with you because you know, let's talk movies and everything else, but it's just maddening to me because it's like, if you don't support Trump, then stop acting like him, <laughs> like stop, you know, being so extremist and doing these things that you're accusing him of doing too that you're doing to others like supporting this accuser who is caught lying, who has, I I feel like if anything, I've at least earned now some rights to ask some questions and for her to say, she doesn't have to answer them after all she put through and people agree with her. That's disheartening, man. That's, and, and my, to my colleagues, to anybody who's doing that right now, like shame on you, man, you called me out. You better call her out too. And they're not, they're supporting her. They're lifting her up saying, we believe you. It's okay. He was a jerk. I'm I'm saying I'm a jerk, but she hasn't admitted anything. And to me, that's yep. the most struggling thing to, to deal with, of just, like, the community we live in, and just, like, it's gross. Judge Jerry and executioner. Right. Yeah, it's not right, and, I, you know, I, I understand people are upset with me. They have a right to be upset with me, but to see that there are people on that side who aren't upset with her, who are just giving her a pass and saying, well, it was for the greater good, it's really sickening, and because they don't know how – like, I paid my pound of flesh. I did. They, and I don't want to get into it right now, because that's too personal, like, to talk about all the things I've lost. And I'm taking ownership. I'm taking accountability. And I'm, you know, pay, I'm having to rebuild and claw myself up from the bottom. She did not. She doesn't have to do anything. She – she, everything they're accusing me of, of, of abuse of power, she did with a colleague of mine. And it, the hypocrisy, as you all see it, is just mind-blowing to me of how how people are doing it. And it's isn't bitterness. It's just – it's just frustration because I'm moving on. I don't really care. You're asking me this conversation, you know, this conversation is coming about based yeah. off your questions and everything. Um, it's just, you know, I, I don't talk about this in my day to day anymore. Like I, I've had two years to get over it and I am to be honest, but you know, as we talk about it, I do get a little annoyed because I'm just like, I just, it's, I don't, I just don't get it. Do you get it? Am I, am I crazy? <laughs>
0: no, I mean, I don't, I, I don't get it either. I'm trying to figure out what her motives would have been because I, I listened to your whole video and you kind of go into that. And I mean, I was embarrassment. Like, what would go to the level of trying to destroy someone's credibility based off of situations that were much more—I mean—in in actuality, minor compared to the overall allegation that she put at you, basically.
2: Yeah, no. She held a lot of her story, and I and, and she lied, and so all of those things need to be in, in question. And you know, for her, if you watch the experience go down, she was on me like crazy. She was hitting me every two seconds. With any uh, anything she could find, and so now as I talk, she's done. It's just it to me that shows she's not telling the truth. It just shows her side because she has nothing to say. Um, that's when you, when you're in a fight with someone who's wrong and doesn't know what to do and they're lying, they they, either, they keep lying or they just walk away, right? And so you know that that's what's frustrating. And so whatever I want people to leave her alone. I'm not trying to fight her. I'm just you know I want to talk about since you're asking me the questions. But again, to your listeners, everybody else, like leave her alone. It's not I don't want. That look, I don't want those people bashing her. It is what it is. Karma will get her in her own way. That's just what karma got me from my, what my behavior was to my family. Um, but what just what, what, what shocks me is the support from, you know, that side. That's really what's shock, more shocking to me. Of just, yeah. like, they, they ghosted me, and they're still ghosting me, but they're just engaging with her amongst the crowds just to sort of keep it going. And I, I, don't, I don't get that. I, I don't want anyone to hate on her, but I'm just shocked she's getting support. Um and to me that's really scary that that's scary enough to say like you you question my behavior my actions, everything, but you don't question hers that's a that's a scary society
0: yep it really is um, trying to it, it you kind of brought up something beforehand, and i i thought it was um worth going into, and that's like in your video and you brought it up with LA in the realm of thinking over there. And and I'm from, you know, you've already brought up your political uh, where, where you lean sort of. Um, And I'm moderate. I'm um, I guess much more economically right. And much more uh, socially liberal. Uh, I kind of don't like just four guys on both sides saying they're going to do something for me. I actually like trying to figure out, you know, have thoughts and and pick out people based on that. I don't think a lot of people do, but I think they're, you know, uh, something that I just don't go automatically based on the color of shirt that the person's wearing or some shit. Uh, that type of mindset drives me fucking crazy. But, you know, the, the bubble that's in L.A., I feel like – and, you know, a lot of – and there's, there's a lot of good people everywhere, and I'm not trying to say anything bad about liberals. But when it comes to that die hard style, I don't think that they realize that – Their bubble and their realm of thinking can be just as ignorant as like somewhere like Alabama, if you will, but in a completely reversed concept. Um, Were you were you aware that that was like that, you know, for a while, or did you start noticing it once this started all like going down against you?
2: No, it's a great question. I mean, I I they're absolutely in the bubble.
0: I was absolutely in the
2: bubble, and I I'm trying to like. Dr. Strange myself of lifting up and really trying to figure out am I doing it now? Cause I've like got pushed out of that bubble and I'm jaded or bitter. I, I really try to be hard on myself to answer like that question, honestly, but I, you know, in, in really trying to answer it, honestly, no, I really do think we thought, I, I thought I was better than people. I thought, you know, we're, I'm, a, I'm an elite person in, in Los Angeles who's successful. Like I know better than Alabama. And I think that was my downfall, you know, cause I, I can see that now there's just an elitism and that in Hollywood that makes you think you're better than everybody. Um, and when you have that chip on your shoulder and that ego, you aren't thinking for the masses. You're thinking for the elite, you know, and that's that's the problem. And that's – you claim, you know, oh, well, you know, the all the 1% and, you know, all the big corporations. Yeah, well, you're, they're all part of it. <laughs> you know, most people living in California are in the 1% because you know, they're making a lot more money because they're in the film industry and everything else. So that, that's why that bubble is there. And or, And because, you know, everyone has those same conversations, if you, you know, deviate from that discussion path, you're an outsider. And then, you know, there's a lot of, you know, conservative actors who just don't talk politics or moved out of LA, who can still be successful, but, you know, aren't at the same level just because, you know, they don't want to have those bullshit fake conversations with everyone in California. And so, you know, at the same time, while I agree and we can have those conversations, when I moved here to Florida, you know, it's, it's so diverse here. It's so politically and just ethnically, it's a, all all types of people here and, and we're just, they, everyone gets along and everyone has conversations and we don't really care or get bent out of shape about it and I think now living in sort of more of a middle America city um, with the masses like it it, it it humbles you in a way and you realize, you know, wow these people aren't trying to like promote their Twitters and Instagrams and their brand and be on shows, like they just want to like go home to their families and make a living and go get a drink at night and have fun with go play board games with people at, a, at, a, at a clubs and stuff, it's like That's that's real America, right? That's what actually the the majority of the world just does, and they're all struggling to make their paychecks week to week, um, and that's the reality. And so when you live there and you have those conversations, and then you're now back to the bottom and realizing, well, crap, I can't afford to pay my paycheck, you know, my rent this month. It really puts things into a different perspective, and you start realizing it's not as cut and dry as liberal and conservative. There really are issues that I think, you know, even just politicians, like it's crazy how much money we waste on. Uh, you know, this this whole election process, it's beyond depressing that all these Democratic candidates raising funds for that will go nowhere. Um, it's just like part of me just wants to have like a four years. Let's give it to the left in the next four years. We give it to the right. And eventually they're going to have to figure out a way to work together, because otherwise we're going to waste billions of dollars on nonsense. Uh, maybe something would actually get done on either side and we can see if it works. But, um, you know, you don't think that way when you're in California. You think, oh, no, Trump's an idiot. Trump's wrong. Everyone who votes for Trump is are morons. Um, and it's, that's a dangerous way to think. I've met people now who have voted for Trump, and I can have a conversation with them because I can see you know, that they, they want him to shake up the system. They want him to – they believe in certain policies he has. And even though I don't agree with some of those things, I can have an intelligent conversation and realize, okay, well, this person isn't an idiot. They just have of opinions. And I think, you know, a lot of people in Hollywood can't grasp that. They just are on their high horse in their castle, you know, thinking they know better for the rest of the world. And the reality is they're not always right. Um, And I think that's really, you know, the the best way I could explain the bubble, if that makes sense.
0: Oh, yeah. No, it definitely does. And I think that going back to it, you know, you you mentioned Donald Trump and Hollywood. I think they could both use – some advice in letting them know that Twitter does not answer for everyone in the world okay. and even in the U S uh, that's one thing that, you know, I feel like they, like a lot of people, not necessarily just in Hollywood, just in general think that since they're on Twitter and they're doing hashtags that that means that everyone's doing it. And you see like people make like all right, for instance, uh, you know, when those terrible comments were made towards the um, Asian co-star in the last Star Wars movie, and it was becoming this thing, and people were saying that it was, you know, well, this just proves that that men, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, that doesn't, that doesn't prove shit. This, that, that proves that there's a bunch of troll, male, egotistical nightmares that are on Twitter doing this. Like, that's not all of society, and I feel like in a lot of situations – you know, I'm sorry, but like Hollywood themselves and Donald Trump probably needs to get the fuck off of Twitter. That's, I mean, if I'm to be frank about it, Andy. No, you're
2: you're 100% correct, and I think that's you know that's part of my frustration with Trump. And I and I, and when I can have a conversation with someone who's voted for Trump who acknowledges that and it says, "You're right. I wish he'd get off Twitter." That I respect him even more because I'm like, Okay, oh, Frank, you get it. You see that that's a problem." I mean, at the same time, I, I can understand. We're like, "Well, yeah, but he's." He's just—he's making the liberal people just lose their minds, and it's all distractions that are helping his cause. Great if you can at least point that out and say that's—that's that's why he's doing it, and at least acknowledge it, and not just drink his Kool-Aid, just like the left is drinking, you know, that—that the, their own Kool-Aid. You know, that's—that's that's, I think the thing. As long as we are aware of what's actually happening, and that Trump is doing that to rile people up, um, and not to avoid work, <laughs> like those are realities. So I just, I, as long as you—you you, you see it. You know, and you understand and you're okay, and you're whether you support it or not, you at least can acknowledge that. I think that's when I you know, I I can obviously be more friendly and and more respectful with a conversation. The truth is, there are a lot of conservatives who support Trump who believe that, too, that, you know, look, I I think he's a you know, he's he's rebel rouser mixing things up. um, And he's going on Twitter to really sort of have a platform because the media outlets aren't going to publish him. And he's a place to say what he wants and to, to annoy people and push their buttons. And so from a perspective, I don't agree with that. I don't like it, but I can now understand why he's doing it and why people are supporting him doing it. And it's his legal right to do it. I just wish we as a society didn't always get triggered on everything he says. Just like don't read it. Just move on and go for a run. Go read a book. (laughs) Like people get so banished, especially in L.A. It's just they get so – their minds are like go explode on every tweet. And it's just like it's just a tweet. But then you know you look at it the other way you know, in LA and I'm guilty of it too, but we're just dying for likes. And it's just the saddest part. I think that we all don't really accept. Like we're all making podcasts and YouTube channels and we're all trying to make our own thing to get our, just have our voice be heard and just have some sort of security in that like is saying that my voice is heard and my voice means something. And that's the dangers of our phones and social media and all of this stuff that, you know we, we have to be careful of and here I am doing an interview to try and get back online and get the likes again but you know the reason I feel like I'm doing it and justifying it is because I feel like I'm pretty damn good at it I made a living on it it's what I know what to do I don't really know what else I can do I'm a creative person and that's where I strive I would love to get back to that point where I'm doing it for the content and not trying to just get the attention and I think there's too many people out there including our president and a lot of the liberal left who are just doing it for the attention and the likes and we got you got to you got to find the likes inside uh, before you start making your content and going on online because the, the most put together people are, are, you know, it's about finding that inside part of yourself and not needing the other people to like you is really, really where you find your true, you know, it, securities and happiness, not to get, you know, hippie on you. <laughs> but yeah, I, hopefully you get what I'm saying. you gotta, you got to find that stuff internally before you go rely on another, something I learned over the past years because I was really obsessed with trying to get, you know, people to like me. Um, and now I feel like I'm I'm seeing the people who like me, like me for being who I really am now and being genuine. And it's much more appealing because now I feel like, great, I'm, I can be myself. This is the person, the skin I'm comfortable in. And I can make a conservative topic. That doesn't mean I'm a conservative. It doesn't mean I'm an alt-right, you know, racist. But the fact that I can now talk both sides openly and have those dialogues is really exciting for me, you know. Um, and it's another reason I just not to plug, but I do want to plug, I'm, I'm, all of this I've been going through giving people that voice. It's something, you know, as I told my story, I got so many emails from people who were just like, Oh man, I was the same thing. Or my dad did this. Right. I was a politician who lost this. Um, and, and here, I reached out to some of those people and it was just heartbreaking to hear these stories. And I realized there's even this dialogue right now, even though I'm starting to do a lot more of the talking, but, you know, talking to you and hearing struggles and, and having these these back and forths, I think, is really helpful and needed in our society to have people with different political backgrounds doing it, people who've struggled to give them second chances. And so I'm, I did start a new Kickstarter, and I, I want to make sure I did get to mention to your fans, if anybody likes this idea or is humming along, I'd love for them to check it out. It's called Hugging the Cactus. They can find it on Kickstarter. But I'm trying to reach that goal because, one, it's going to be able to help. Fund me for the next couple of months to like keep making content, but it's going to be able to make me be able to do some research and find content that I think is more appealing. Of finding other people like me who just need their stories heard, um, or people who've struggled, how do they get back up? All these sort of more empowering things that I think is just more exciting and helpful as a society and for, for content. Um, I want to go find those stories and tell them. And so, right now, I'm just trying to reach my $10,000 goal to be able to get that uh, brand going. Um, So if anybody, including, you know, likes it, do, do look me up on Kickstarter. Uh, I would be grateful for the support.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Definitely look them up on Kickstarter, guys. Uh, We'll get all the information. I'll get that from you and then we'll put it in our, uh, our description for this episode. But um, what, what, what main advice would you say to any of those people looking out to you um, of what they should do if they're early on in a situation like that?
2: I mean, I think you got to be honest with yourself, right that's step one is you got to make sure you're you're taking accountability for the things you did do. I think it's you know and that's something I'm going to do is I vet people like I got a lot of people who were me too' and, and the truth is I don't know if they were if they were honest and what they did is real and i, I don't want to just try a spotlight on people who did terrible things at the same time, if I see they're doing the work, if they're really taking accountability for things and seeming like they really you know get what they went through and they've come through the other side stronger um, to me. That's still a worthy story than to tell, you know what I mean? And I think as I tell everybody now I, and I have those conversations and advice I got is just, you gotta be true to yourself. You gotta be honest. I mean, I was living a lie in my life. I was a serial cheater and I was doing it, you know, and, and it's just, I, I, and it sickens me to look back on it. Um, and I don't, I don't want to get into the why's and all that stuff. It's it, obviously to get too deep in my personal life, but the reality was like, I was just unhappy with myself. I, I, I clearly I, I things i needed to go through my own therapy and stuff like that but my point is i was living this lie and i always wanted to come clean and i was just afraid to um and my advice now to anybody and, and some i've talked to is just like man you don't let the internet or someone else come clean for you it's so much worse it's so much worse when you don't have the balls to just come out and say it on your own terms um and do it the way you want and i and i just think for a lot of people out there, a lot of us are doing mistakes, or we have cheated, or we've done something that we we don't we shouldn't have done. Um, and the reality is, it all does catch up with you. It really does. Whether whatever religion or politics, whatever you believe, man, karma will get you. Just what, call it whatever you want, but it always comes around in some way or another. And living a life that doesn't have regret and dishonesty in it, um, I can just from my own experience is so much better, so much safer and calmer and. It's still stressful, and obviously I still get angry and things happen, but, but um, you know, you, you, just can, you can move on. You can move forward. You can say, look, everything now I'm doing is, is, is better. And I think there's a lot of that in I've heard, with AA and Alcoholics Anonymous and other groups and addiction and things. Like we all, depression, there's so much we go through as people that, you know, we just got to make sure we're being honest with ourselves, honest with other people, and come and clean with those we love and respect to make sure we aren't shown as being frauds because people are forgiving. And if you break the trust and you don't tell it yourself, it's so much harder to, to, to fix it if you, if it's found out through somebody else. Um, and so my advice is always make sure you're, you're being honest with yourself and everybody around you, because if you are, then you've got nothing left to hide. And then if something comes wrong, people are going to have your back. But you know, people didn't want to have my back when I fell because I was hiding all these infidelities and that, and it, that was shady and it looked really awful and so even my own colleagues and everyone around me were like, you're a scumbag for that. And I, you know what? They're right in that point. But the problem was this woman you know, took that advantage and used it to sort of a, exploit and you know, increase her allegations against me, which really did cripple me way worse. I've had employers, potential employers say, look, I don't even care about the, the flirting with your fans. Like I can't hire you because it says you assaulted somebody like, and you are sexually harassed all your coworkers. And none of that was true. Um, But, you know, because I wasn't honest, and someone was, you know, proved that uh, online, you know, that's what really tanked me. And so I, I have to take accountability for that. And that's why I'm grateful and happy that I've been able to come clean. And in weird, in a weird way, it has been a blessing that this sort of exposed me to really look myself in the mirror and become a better person.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, with, with the obvious aggravation of what you've gone through, it's good that you seem like you're at peace uh, with a lot of what happened, um, and uh, obviously, and this is something that that you said previously in a video. None of this is against the Me Too movement at all. Uh, from what me or Andy have been saying, you know, this that's a really, really good thing that happened. Uh, it's just that now it's gotten to the point where a lot of situations, if there might not be any scratch of evidence, and people's livelihood can be destroyed. And if anything, I think it taints the good. Nature the good the good qualities of the Me Too movement by having people take advantage of it and basically kind of use it uh, for their own gain and that's that's pretty terrible but that's unfortunately human um, that's humans in general uh, I guess as we wrap this up um, I want to know uh, any of your, your your future plans on Popcorn uh, Planet and uh, you know obviously you told us about the about the other thing helping out other victims with this but you know, some stuff that you have in the pipeline going off or any type of plugs you'd like to give us, Andy, before we, uh, peace out. Carter is my, my biggest thing right now. I'd love
2: support on that. Hugging the cactus is what it's called. You can find it on pretty much all my videos. now we're linking to it. Um, but then, yeah, popcorn planet. I'm doing daily content. I'm trying to avoid the clickbait. Uh, call, I'm calling out clickbait. We do a live show every Wednesday, which is really fun. We just get drunk and talk about news stories and the audience chimes in with us. I want to keep the audience involved. Um, you know, I think when all this happened in my previous life, the previous they they, they turned away. They didn't want to engage with the audience because, oh well, clearly there's inappropriate reactions, and that's what really deters me because it upsets me. Because yes, I flirted with some fans and I regret it and I'm sorry, but it's like I had thousands of interactions with fans. Like, and interacting with fans is important, and I, I hate that I muddied that water, you know, and used my my power as sort of and my fandom as sort of a dating app to think they were all interested in me. That was my own selfish insecurities that I regret. And I, I'm now in a healthy relationship where I don't need to do that. And I, I'm happy about that. But, you know, at the same time, it's, it's important for me that you do engage with your fans on a you know professional level and support them. And so Wednesday's live, we get to do that. Everyone gets to chime in um, because, you know, you can't build a brand and all this stuff if you're not engaged with them. So it's very important for me to earn that trust back and prove that I'm not I'm not going to fall down those traps again. And now with all this happening publicly, I have to be accountable. Um, but Wednesdays we do that live show uh, daily. We do content and I, I'm dropping a new experiment uh, it should drop uh, this Monday or Tuesday. Ooh. Uh, but I'm, t- I, I, I'm dropping a video that it's going to get me some flack, um, but people are saying I'm becoming, you know, right leaning and everything else. And I wanted to go on Andrew Crowder. or so I'm sorry, you know, Stephen Crowder's show, um, but everyone's like, how dare you? He's the most awful person. And I don't agree with everything he says. Obviously I don't, I, I don't but I, his Change My Mind series, is uh, to me, is always fascinating. He obviously is never going to change his mind, but I, I just really well, – I love debate, and I love when two sides can have a civil conversation. And so I've been, I have wanted to go on a show because I would love to have that with him. But at the same time, I thought, you know what? I love that format. Wouldn't it be fun if I could do that with nerd topics? <laughs> so yeah. I, went out to a I went out to a Comic-Con this weekend and brought the sign and did some Change My Minds uh, that got some interesting feedback from me. And so I'm dropping one of those first uh, Change My Mind Nerd Edition uh, in honor of that format. That should uh, make some – turn some heads uh, this Monday or Tuesday. So definitely go check out Popcorn Planet. Check out all the other work I'm doing there. Um, and check out the Kickstarter while you're there. But I have to tease something fun upcoming. That's the, uh, that, that's the next thing I'm loading soon.
0: Well, and, and just quick, you just made me think of one more thing is that you, you mentioned Steven Crowder. Uh, he's someone that has, and you know, it's, it's kind of like a meeting of the minds when it comes to these podcasts. So it's, you'll have like him, um, Ben Shapiro, and someone that I think that you should try to reach out to. I know a lot of your fans in your comment section, I know it's probably easier said than done, but your story seems like it would work really well for Joe Rogan and how he breaks down stuff like this. Have you thought about trying to reach out to him? Or have you oh, dude, I, I, if to?
2: anybody's listening out right there can help connect me. I've reached out to him as producer, Jamie,
0: I've tweeted at them.
2: We've submitted, I think on the website. Um, but yeah, I would fly out to LA to be on that. I'm a harpy. I'm such a huge fan of Joe. And uh, I think Joe would be hard on me. And at the same time, Joe would be fair. And I would, I would bring that level up. I don't, you know, I don't, he just probably doesn't think I'm famous or funny enough to do it is what my guess is. But, you know, I, I would love for someone if they're Alex and say, you know, I think there's some interesting stuff to talk about in this for sure. I think his audience, you know, a lot of his audience would engage in this. Um, and I would love to have that dialogue with him. So, yeah, I mean, absolutely, I've tried. I'm trying, but I don't, you know, it's a hard, that's a hard ticket to get into because he's so in demand. Um, and uh, I, I don't know if he wants to go against me too stuff. I had a friend who's been on the show who, who just, he, his, his gut was that he wouldn't want me on for just, I don't know why, but anyway, if anybody out there wants to keep plugging at him or
0: knows somebody there,
2: by all means, I would do it in a
0: heartbeat. Yeah, he's definitely one of my idols when it comes to the interviewing process, and if you – I think that you'll definitely – you definitely have potential to get on the show, but if you didn't, I hope I provided a similar style uh, interview process for you, Andy. But in all seriousness, man, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I would love to have you back, You know, not necessarily with a follow-up, but if you'd like to talk about movies next time, come on, Monday suck. Talk about politics. We talk about movies. We talk about a lot of that stuff. And uh, I really enjoyed talking to you, so I appreciate you coming on and talking your story, and uh, have a great evening, sir.
2: Yeah, likewise. I will, I will definitely come back. You can come back online and do a cross collab,
0: and I'll uh, we'll be listening. Thanks so much for uh, hearing my side of the story. Absolutely, man. All right, everyone. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the interview tonight with Andy, and uh, definitely check out um, Hugging the Cactus and also Popcorn Planet, uh, both of those things, to find out some more information of the projects that Andy Signore is doing. Hope you guys have a wonderful Monday, even though it's Sunday. I already admitted it. Screw it. But it's still going to be a great episode regardless whether or not it's live or not. But anyways, you guys have a great night out there and let the Geek Vibes be with you. Have a good one, guys. When you come in on Monday and you're not feeling real well, does anyone ever say to you, sounds like someone has a case of the Mondays? <laughs>
1: The worst day of the week that gets us all depressed. M-O-N, D-A-Y, S-U-C-K-S. Here comes more aggravation and a brand new week of stress. M-O-N, D-A-Y, Monday S-U-C-K-S, Monday sweat, Monday sweat, Monday Monday Forever will it make you want to cry, 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 through. come along and sing the song now, get it off your chest. M-O-N-D-A-Y